0: That smell. Oh, that would be me. I've been swimming in raw sewage. I love it. I love it. That's the signal. Let's go. Do it. Do it.
1: Welcome to this bonus episode of Trimming the Musical Fat. I'm Paul Nicholson, and
2: I'm Stephen Nicholson.
1: And together with our guests over the next thirty minutes or so, we'll be taking a little bit more. We'll be talking a little bit more about the subject of our previous full episode, Metallica's and Justice for All. So, what we hear, each of us will reveal our own track listing and sequencing for the album. We'll also explain our reasoning to these. We'll talk about our experience watching Metallica in concert over the last 30 years. These include car breakdowns, the most drunken coach trip ever, and people not knowing where they live. And we talk about what we expect from Metallica as a band going forward.
2: So I'd like to welcome Uh, back Mark
1: Poole, Brian Borthwick and Paul Mellon. How are you guys? Very well, thanks, Paul. How are you? Good, thanks. Yeah, good, good. good. to have you here. So what we're going to do now, we're going to do the Justice for Metallica. Let's start talking about it. So, Mark, can you talk us through your own selection, your sequence in the album and, and your reasoning for that?
3: yeah i've got a slightly different selection from the uh, selection selection we all arrived at because i okay. uh, favored a different track uh so um i've gone very much with a two sides format i liked having the first side of my album with uh with a lot of old fashioned heavy metallica and the second side which was a bit more interesting a bit more variety so uh I started with Blackened, just like the album starts which is a great opener and then a couple of my other favourites Straight Ends of Sanity and Harvester of Sorrow were solid side A tracks finished the album with a finished the first side with a bang which I just think is a brilliant um, five minutes of Metallica and then on the second side I put on Shortest Straw to start with which I think is a great great song, it's got a bit of everything and then and followed by Injustice For All, which is the, probably the most one of the more sort of uh, Metallica sort of developing into something a bit new, a bit different from what they've had in previous albums for so the second album song on side B. And then I finished it with one, which I just think is the most phenomenal song. And starts slow, gets fast, gets faster than realize, and just finishes the album on a real, well, on you can't with something that is just like one of the best songs ever and finishes in such a powerful way, and it's got such a strong anti-message, and that, yes. that's that's how I wanted it. I wanted side A, side B, fast and heavy on the first side, a bit more interesting on the second, an end and ending with bang. How many tracks was that in total that you had there, Mark? That's a seven-track album. Seven track.
1: And, and what was the time? Um, I think it was 49-ish. 49, so you just got in there. <laughs> it's just got in, yeah. yeah. Oh. And what would you... Uh, like your uh, sequencing of the tracks and the order, what What would you give the, the album rating out of five for your, your version of it?
3: I, I would give it... Well, it still has a production of the, uh, the original four and a half out of five. My
1: mm-hmm. So, with four a, and a half out of five.
3: Yeah, with heavier bass and a bit more sort of raw production five out of five.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: Thanks, Mark. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks. And we'll now go on to Paul Mellon. Do you want to explain what, what songs you chose and why you chose them in the order you did, Paul?
0: Well, basically, I chose the first seven songs on the album um, because. I think the order is um spot on. I think it fits each song fits in fits in perfectly. And I dropped the last two purely because of time. Um even but I, I chose the single version of one because um with that added in with all the other songs, it came in at 48 minutes and two seconds. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately I couldn't even fit in the um the full version of one. And I think that's sort of symptomatic of the album. The songs are long. Um, each song has, has sort of various parts to them, of course, um, but the sort of thrash metal parts are so pretty fast. And then you yeah, get the change in tempo, and it goes back up to um, the thrash metal tempo again. I think it's just a, a feature of all the songs on the album. And I think... It seemed like they had so much material to fit in. They tried to squeeze in as much as possible, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of the songs, a few of the songs, could have been trimmed down a bit, especially those that were nearly sort of ten minutes long. Um, I think they could have been mm. shortened, um, but overall, I think um, it's a really good album.
1: Yeah, and and what would be. So you're going for like the first seven songs on the on the album, and what would your rating be for that, Paul? Outside? I would say
0: four, um, the same as I gave for the mm-hmm. the full album.
1: Okay, thank you. Thanks, thanks for that, Paul. It's really interesting hearing people's take on it, actually. Uh, and Stephen, will we go with you? What's your what's your selection, and why did you choose it?
2: I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually very similar to, to Paul's, um, and I just picked the the first six songs in the album in the same the same uh, order. Uh, so the only difference is I left off the three ends of sanity. I just had the first six songs, which comes in at forty three minutes, and I just thought these are the six best songs in the, the album, um, and. I think with that it's 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 excellent, a really excellent album. And, and in terms of a rating, uh, I would have that up. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's a five for me, but and, and, be a four. You said, so
1: your your songs with the first six songs is that right?
2: Yeah, so black and Justice for all, I the okay. beholder one. And do you short think part of the reason, same as Paul,
1: you maybe didn't take the last two songs is just because the time constraints and
2: I, I think so because I don't think there's a bad song in this album I just think there mm. is songs there's some songs that are just too long yeah Um, and so it's just a bit of trimming but the ones I've left off um, are, are decent songs just yeah, I think these first Thank six you are for the that, best songs and you did
1: you say four, four and a half
4: so what's your selection, nice. Brian, and, and, and why did you have yeah, that? Yeah, well, mine's, my yeah. first one's Blackened, obviously. Great first song uh, to start mm-hmm. the album. And then I went for Harvester of Sorrow, which was the first single. Uh, I think the shortest song in the album as well, so change it up a bit. And then third was the uh, title track, and Justice for All. Uh, quite a long song as well. And after that, we went for "Shortest Straw," a good song, quite a you would call a shortish song for the album. And after that it was "Eye of the Beholder," which was a bit of a controversial choice, as we found out. Then "Freed of Freed" ends of sanity, which I quite like that song with "A hey, oh wait," and. The last mm-hmm. song on the album for me to end it would have been one. I think it's a, a great song to finish on. A bit like that. Mark, I agree with that. No, Mark, Mark had
1: but, that as his closing. But I would on have, great song to
4: finish looking right? at it now, I would have uh, tried to adjust it to try and get Dyer's even there, I think. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it is at the moment.
1: <laughs> oh, and. and... Your version of the album, Brian, what rating would you give it?
4: Uh, I would keep it as a four like the original.
1: So so mine would be I think I'd talked about it in the previous podcast was to say and Justice For All would be the opening track just because it, the way it sort of blends in, it starts off slowly and then it comes in and it's the title track of the album so I think it'd be a good opener and then the second track would be Harvester of Sorrow because it's shorter than the others and it's really commercial so I think building that momentum from the first song and in the third track I'd have one so you've got the two big singles close to each other and that would be side A, so, so it's actually six tracks, so that'd be side A and then side B would start with Blackened which is a great song so it's, although it's not starting the side A, it's starting side B and the three days the, the three days, the, the three days of Sanity would be uh, the the fifth track on the album and the last song would be your favourite, To Live Is To Die I just think that's a nice way to end the album and uh, it's I know it is a long song but I thought, do you know what? because they're long songs, have three songs on each side and uh, it's just a sign of the times I think at that time a lot of songs, a lot of the rock bands, it was all Metal bands, it was all kind of there were quite long songs, and on Metallica's next album, obviously, it was more commercial, more kind of uh the songs were much shorter. More commercial,
4: yeah. Uh, shortest straws, not on your list, yeah. Nope, <laughs> quite surprised by that. I got the <laughs> straw,
1: yeah, yeah. No, no, it's uh. I think for me, a lot of it was down to the time. Uh, I think that was because the songs were long. Was. There was some, maybe some songs mm. you didn't mind, but you just thought, well, for me to get them all yeah, on, had to. Like for example, till it was to die, you could have probably got two you songs. To ruthless
4: decisions,
1: you know, for that one song. Hmm. So it wasn't necessarily that there were not good songs. It was just really to I'll let you off. All let you off there
4: then. So that, so that was my reasoning. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. And I would out of five, I would give mine four. So I would put it up from a three to a four. So we're now gonna move on to talk about Metallica concerts. And we'll talk about Metallica Live. So obviously Brian and Stephen and, and and Mark, uh you've yep. you've seen them. And uh Paul, I, Paul, you haven't seen them, have No, you? I
0: haven't, but um, <clears throat> I do remember listening to them live and concert on Radio 1 in the early 90s, and it was funny because mm. in between songs, uh, yeah. the language got a bit fruity, and the, the announcer would come in <laughs> as soon as the song had finished, or try and come in as soon as the song finished, and so you're listening to Metallica live on Radio 1, and in the background you hear them all saying, yeah, mother, ooh, mother, mother, right. you, you can still hear them. <laughs> has been broadcast at like 7pm yeah. so anyone could have heard it it was absolutely hilarious
4: should have had Steve's beat machine the, the, the one
1: you're talking about yeah. yeah do you know the one you're talking about I'm, I'm sure that's actually the uh, Milton Keynes might have been. it was 19- 91 I 19. think it was I'm sh- yeah it might have been actually
4: I hmm. uh, was the uh, 93 because I remember 93, exactly.
1: it was, yeah, because I remember they used to do quite a few concerts from Milton Keynes. They did Bon Jovi as well, and they were broadcast live. And oh. like Red, Nirvana Reading was live yeah. on Radio One. So, yeah, I think it was maybe the Milton Keynes. It
0: one, might have been, yeah. I just remember being yeah. just trying to cover all the bad language and failing miserably. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to apologize for being no, just... offended, like they do at football games as well,
1: don't they? They do that. Sorry right. They didn't apologize, they just tried to
0: cover it with the announcement. So you are listening to Radio One yeah. Metallica live. and Mother
1: Old. Yeah, no, it keeps <laughs> <you> Mother. And, <laughs> and, and, uh, and and what about like mm. I I I've not seen them live either. Uh but I'm surprised, but you've seen them, Paul. I'd like to have seen them around the. <laughs> no, I haven't. No, oh. I'd like to have seen them around mm. the the era that uh, the, the Milton Keynes show that Paul was just talking about and the one you were at. I'd like to have seen them. For me, that was them at their peak. Yeah. For me. Uh, anyway, so the you guys have actually seen them. So, so uh, Stephen and Brian. And so, Mark, were you there at the same concert? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, went to on the bus. <laughs> yeah, the famous bus. That that was the week after the Guns N' Roses concert, Stephen, wasn't it? Yeah, because you went down at Milton Keynes two weekends in a row. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. That was, it was. Yeah, was
2: it Saturday was and sun, Sunday? That was one of the reasons I didn't days, go to Guns N' Roses days, actually, I think, just because it was a
4: uh, two weekends in a row because you yeah. went
1: that as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, March, it, was, it was hard yeah. going getting the coach down to there and back. To into, oh, oh, that's longer that's with the stop. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, how long does that eight, take? Six eight hours, hours,
1: hours or something. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. right. I think you're right.
2: Yeah, it was it <laughs> hard. Yeah, it was. just hard That's for sure. Hey, <laughs> hey, man! Did you not have to go
3: back? That's right. Or something. I Remember that the guy, the organizers and stuff, had to go back. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I've forgotten the money. No, um, I mean that—that that was something else because right. it's yeah. like yeah, Who meet does? was at the Black Bull, Black Bull, pub. Yeah, so meet, meet in the Black Bull pub at eight in the morning. So of course you get there thinking you might well be first there, and you walk in, it's like a party and They've been there for hours, and they're absolutely hammered, and it's eight in the morning. And then you get onto the bus, and they've all brought their drinks onto the bus. And we're sober, and just remember, we, we, we're, we're obviously the, the coach journey starts, and we're just leaving Edinburgh 10 to 15 minutes into the journey. and The coach driver, Jeff, yeah, who's the organizer? I've hey, still to be paid, and they're like, Oh, that's uh, whatever well, his name was, Line on the uh, floor, uh, Jeff. Ah, it's Jeff, and like, oh, where, where is he? And he's the guy that looks like Dracula, who's unconscious in the middle of the floor, going up and down the. Up the gantry <laughs> of the coach. I went, that's him. Have you got the money? Oh, no, i it forgotten it. <laughs> Travel all the way back to t- I think you, you left straight it. in. Did way. you not stop
4: at Pennycook as well? Edinburgh.
2: so we had to go
4: back and stop get the money. To get a carry out for the
2: supermarket. That <laughs> is the most drunken coach. Yeah. Did yep. I have a toilet
1: on the bus? Yeah. yeah. Did I have a toilet? Uh, because if, like that's some journey. Nine in the, nine in the
0: morning. Yeah, all right. <laughs>
2: No, they didn't. They didn't. No. To remember, storm. going back that home.
4: Everybody times.
2: was
1: hungover. They were
4: all just out. That is out. the yes. most
2: quietest, quietest journey ever. going back home. They were all. They were all done.
1: Different from <laughs> the journey there. <laughs> That's right. <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, nobody yeah. moved. On and the, the and, coach trip. And back yeah, back and back. what about? Sorry, I sort of cut ahead a year there, but, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, 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 first him in '92, and I remember that picking you up. Stuck on the,
4: oh, yeah, in Glasgow. on the
1: motorway between Edinburgh and Glasgow. <laughs>
4: That's right. That's,
2: That's right. That's right, yeah, we broke down. Uh, I, ha- I had uh, <clears throat> my first ever car, which was, which, right, uh, yeah. and the, the CD player in it cost more than the actual car itself. <laughs> the car cost me about £200. It was a mustard-coloured Astra, and it was the
3: world's
2: worst car. It was well. awful. Yeah, there's no heating in it. it was, a lot of room in the back. It, it was a shocking car. You don't want to you know terrible. about that, Mark. It's so a family it, show. <laughs> there was plenty of room in the back. <laughs> the, <laughs> there was plenty of room, but oh, it was a shocking car. I mean, what I remember about the car, yeah, is when you, especially car. in the winter, it was a manual choke. And, and you had to try and keep the car going or it would stall. And you've only got two feet, but you were having to try and use three pedals all at the same time to keep it going oh my goodness um and the brakes really didn't work on it either so anyway so you'll be unsurprised to hear that when we were driving through it was uh, Brian Brian's sister Adele and me we were driving through to the <laughs> SAC in Glasgow to watch Metallica in 92 yeah. you'll never guess what happened the car broke down <laughs> Who would uh, have thought? Coffee. And um, thankfully... A guy. I think the guy a, a, a guy. A coffee a maintenance not, guy. Coffee uh, machine maintenance guy. He gave us a list <laughs> the service
1: station, which was nice. And was it not a cold October night? as yeah. well, was, It was freezing. That's right.
2: Yeah. Um, and I think... It was my dad. It was. It was cold. And was... I think... Now, was it your... It was my no, dad. Uh, yep. Well, well, yeah. No, it was either my dad or your dad came out. We came and got the car because
4: I, mem- I remember my dad saying he dropped us and he waited outside and he got yeah. his chips. And he says he could feel the car moving with the bass, yes. <laughs> 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 the, the heaviness.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Aye. <laughs> I, well, I was the done done yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at uh, they did make I remember that the bass and that uh, we missed, being very loud. We missed cinema, <laughs> uh, I, I think song, we missed the first we missed song. It, maybe we've only given there, I think, as they were playing sad but true. Did they? But they played it again at the end. Mm. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. Yeah. I could be wrong about that um but yeah it was a a good show but i was kind of spoiled a bit by you you were you couldn't really relax could you because you knew you what had happened you were late and
4: Uh,
1: it
2: kind of spoiled Mm -hmm. it a wee bit and and but good show nevertheless and and the night i was going to say the nice part the end part to that was uh, um, went back to get my car that had broken down the thieves, and uh, it had been left broken into, and the police <laughs> have taken it away. <laughs>
0: and I actually, left the car. the only thing they took. Left, in left it, the, the only thing they
2: took in it was the speakers. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure, I, I'm sure, the fee I had to pay the police to get out that pound was more than what the car was worth. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's that's my main memory of that concert. And just the car.
1: And, uh, and I know we'll get on. I know you saw them in twenty seventeen. We'll go into that in a minute. But I was thinking about you saw them ninety two ninety three. What what um, what was the better one? And was there many differences? Because it was just
4: a year apart. Ninety three was the better one, I would say. Think of the occasion nope. as well, because yeah. we had like Megadeth. Supporting Ooh. and it was it was meant to be Alice in yeah. Chains, but they right. changed at yeah. the last minute and eh? they pulled out. And the Almighty were supporting.
2: I know. That was, I, know I was I really know. disappointed about that. because yeah, well, we both love Alice in Chains. I just great the whole. we really sort of like, forward to seeing them again.
4: And yeah. And yeah. and we also got to see the whole concert, which was much better than ninety two. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: You wisely didn't take your card <laughs> out of Milton Keynes.
2: <laughs> Yeah, we were there nice and early. Uh, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. <laughs> hmm. No, uh, uh, that, that one, it was just a good day out. The set, I mean, I think the set list was really very similar They were still very much the same show. But yeah, we've seen it all. It was just a real party atmosphere. Yeah. Um, and you know, good weather and all. It was a you can really good day out. So that was my favourite. How was it for you, freedom. Mark? I'm just aware Mark. Yeah, I was, I was, I was
3: just going to say that I don't think you can ask for a better Sorry. support act for Metallica than Megadeth. Which is
1: such
4: a great. I, thing know.
1: I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and did did they get on? Because I know for a while. Because obviously, uh, Dave Mustaine used Aye, to be in the band, yeah. didn't he? He used to be in Metallica. Yeah, oh. I think
3: Mustaine well, yeah. falls out with everyone,
1: doesn't he? Yeah, uh, they <laughs> get on say, now, anyway. I, don't know. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's. Did he not have? Did Dave Mustaine not have like a cancer Aye. scare recently? Throat, Mouth cancer. Throat or? cancer. Yeah. For cancer.
4: Yeah. But it's seemingly all clear now. I think so, yeah. yeah. That's good.
2: Yeah, I think that, that there was history there because obviously Dave Mustaine, who's kind of the main person in Negative, was, um, was in the, in the Tower of, Cup uh, And did he leave it of his own accord or was he forced out? I can't quite remember. Mm. Right, okay. So there was history there, and I think there was a bit of animosity, and this was this was why it was such a big concept. Yeah. It was seen as very much and uh, two, two bands a at the peak, arguably, you know. type thing. Yeah, yeah. But the the funny thing was, coincidental or not, the sound really? for the Megadeth con- <laughs> uh, for the Megadeth set was turned way too low. Hmm. Yes, I remember that vividly. Um, and then, of course, by the time Metallica came on, the volume was uh, <laughs> was up to the required level. Oh. So. What about the time you saw them in 2008, Mark? Mark, I was at the other two in London. I actually um, didn't remember that. It was £5 as well. 2008 or something? They had
3: two gigs, I think. One in Hamburg and one in London, where they announced them really late and they said members of the fan club can get tickets for £5. But to join the fan club was free. So uh, basically anyone could get a ticket for £5. And it was brilliant. Yeah, it was really good. uh, Even though there was... I don't really know much of this stuff after the black album. <laughs> uh but they played a real mixture of stuff. They even played stuff off Kill 'em all, which was brilliant. They played Whiplash and uh, Encore, which is another of my favorites. Uh <laughs> can we have that on this instead of Dyer's Eve? But, uh yeah, uh they yeah, that was that was it was really good actually. The O2 is actually a pretty decent place to see bands, even though it's quite big. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, it was they were really good. They played for hours. And it wasn't like some sort of you know here's a 15 minute drum solo sort of thing it was just like here's all the songs at the right length no. and we're doing loads of them it was just proper like here's some good music we're going to, we're all enjoying ourselves let's have a good time yeah and
2: i've still still never seen a concert though. No, too i've i've, I've, watched a tournament, there. I've been to a star wars exhibition yeah. there still never seen a yeah, concert I there. One there
1: yeah. it um, was excellent yeah out of all the gigs that you saw Metallica, really what 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 was the, the favorite one? Because I know you, guys are saying Milton Keynes. Would you agree um, with that, Mark? I or? probably
3: wouldn't actually, because I, I um I like okay. I like indoor venues basically. So probably okay. that would be what would swing it. I just feel like it's more intense and better atmosphere. Uh, so I would go with the okay. O2 even though it's a big indoor venue. I think it benefits from being under the roof so uh, yeah i'll I'll go for mm. that but it's close
2: yeah so we've seen them at the glasgow hydro in in 2017 me and brian went through for that one and yeah it was a great show really really good uh, i think the the in a lot of ways the bit one of the best parts of it is they were obviously touring the hardwired to self destruct album which for me is by far and away their best album since the black album so they were touring that so they were touring a really good album uh, so you got a lot of that you got really the best stuff from that plus uh the the kind of best from from throughout their career so yeah really good show really good stage show uh they played for quite a while um as well and yeah excellent mm. really really good show and uh, like yeah. mark says just nice um. being indoors
1: and was it funny seeing them again after because obviously it was 93 and 2017 is a big gap and obviously Jason Newstead's not in the band anymore, the bassist. Yeah.
2: No, and I think that it's, I think the thing that came through for me, you mm. can just tell they were a much, since the last time, they're just a much more mature band, which it's is not unsurprising here, yeah. since it's what 20, uh, 20 years plus on uh, just obviously uh, they're more grown up there uh and I think you, you were talking, Paul was mentioned a lot about the swearing and so on. And I don't mm-hmm. really remember them swearing uh, during the concert. It was definitely toned down. Um, so, but yeah, really. really good show, really good uh, selection of tracks.
1: That- so Metallica in the future, we've kind of t- talked about yeah. it already, actually, about... And... Uh, so they released their first album back in 1983 and they reached their uh commercial and creative peak in ninety-one. And this is one of the questions we usually ask on the podcast, you know, particularly albums that were like massive and part of that period. Do you ever think they'll hit the heights again of the black album? And what did you think of their last album, Hardwired to Self Destruct? So out there to, to mark maybe do you think they'll ever hit oh, the heights of I
3: the black think album it's unlikely again? but I don't I just got to be honest and say I don't really know how good their stuff after that is because I've never really got mm-hmm. into it which I think makes me think that I don't think it's that good but I haven't to be honest I haven't had that much of it really properly because mm-hmm. I just kind of felt like I'd lost them a bit because they just because they'd. how long ago after the black album was it the draw of the next one it was, was it quite a while
1: I yeah, think it was ninety so, so you We're talking. I guess we just five years apart
3: that time. Five years. Yeah, time five there? years
1: or something. Yeah. It's a long time at that time, wasn't it? Yeah. So uh, yeah,
3: kind of lost touch with them a bit and just the just parts I don't really know about the recent stuff. And yeah, I just feel like for mm-hmm. me, Metallica were that sort of ten year period at the start of their career. That, that's that's my Metallica
1: world hmm. yeah um, and what about you Paul What would you, do you think they'll ever reach that height again I'm, the
0: I'm Black the, same as Mark actually. I'm not all that familiar with uh, the work after the Black Album I've got Death Magnetic and that's actually quite thrash metal it's more the, back to the original back to the roots That's very heavy um, but mm-hmm. for the other albums I've never listened to them. And I, from Death, Death Magnetic, I mean, it's okay. But it's not quite as good as um, their first five albums. And I don't think they'll ever reach the peak of those first, first five albums. Um, I think the best album is Master Puppets. That's just an absolute classic. And. I think it'll be very difficult for them to reach the heights of that album. So, yeah, I'm I'm not all that familiar with the work after The Black Album.
1: Yeah, there there is that thing, isn't there, when someone releases such a massive album, it's very much of the time, isn't it? It's it's hard to see that ever being repeated. And what about you, uh, Stephen?
2: Yeah, no, it's a good question. I think... um... They had a near 10 year period where it's, you know, I think critically and commercially they were, they were getting it right and built up to that peak in 91. And I think, in a lot of ways, by their own admission, they've drifted a bit since then. Uh, and I really think uh, the last album, Hardwired Self Destruct, was a very conscious effort to. Uh, you know, get back in the zone and make themselves relevant again. And and by and large, I think they did that. And I would say to both Paul and Mark um, that the first disc of their the latest album, although it's a few years old now, the first disc of that is the best thing they've done since uh, the Black album. And it's actually a shame. We're talking about, and just as for all being too long, uh, the, the latest album's too long uh, and it's a shame because if they've just stuck with that first disc of songs and maybe the two best songs from the second disc it's up there for me it's up there with that you know those classic recordings from the 80s and early 90s so do, do, so do I think they'll hit the heights of the likes of the Black album again probably not however I think they actually came pretty damn close um, with their latest album and with a bit of prudent editing then they might have had something okay. there that could rival the best of their stuff Thanks yeah, yeah.
3: Have a
2: look, have Check have it a look. out guys, it's worth it it's a really yeah. really strong album
1: Yeah for me uh, I, I only really know Injustice for All in the Black album although I do know some of the like Master of Puppets and Ride the Lightning I, I know some of them but I'm not that knowledgeable about them but For me, I remember I bought the CD single for the first song off the album, for the Load album, I think it was. And I just, for me, it kind of felt like a lot had changed in those five years because grunge had came in and fashions had changed and it just felt like, I don't know, the music that they were bringing out just wasn't relevant anymore or I didn't enjoy it as much. And uh, so for me, I wouldn't really be interested in listening to their new stuff. I don't know, I kind of think, yeah... That's you know that they've reached their peak, and I don't know, I don't know if I'd really be interested in listening to the new stuff.
0: But and I think it's funny how we, we've talked about the length of the songs on justice for All," and yes, they're long. But if you look at the other albums, the songs are pretty long as well. Especially in the Black album, a lot of mm. the songs are five minutes plus. And "Master Puppets" was mm-hmm. what? Yeah. eight songs on the album if I remember correctly, maybe eight Mm -hmm. or ten songs. And they're all well over five minutes, Um, some even approaching nine minutes. So I think it's just a feature of Metallica, the songs are long in general. Um, So I don't think, Mm -hmm. I think maybe Injustice for All is probably longer than most, I suppose. But I think it's a feature of Metallica that the songs are long ones. And it it sounds like they're having a big jamming session on a lot of them. Um, But a lot of them are very, very clever songs as well. It's not just head-banging music, you know. It's actually, there's a lot of skill in their music.
1: Enter Sandman is one of the, if not the greatest riff ever. I just think it's such an amazing... I think
0: the intro to Master of Puppets, Um, the song, is just magic. Mm. It really is brilliant and then Mm. there's another song, Orion, the other is instrumental I think it's just absolute genius as well Okay. yeah, Orion's a good instrumental
3: very good and it's uh, not too
0: long yeah it's about seven minutes, (laughs) I think
3: (laughs) (laughs) nice nice shot yeah (laughs) that's short for Metallica though
1: (laughs) so in conclusion then guys, what are your parting thoughts then, thinking about the album
0: I think it's it's a good album. I think it's maybe a bit too long. Could have done with a bit of trimming, mm-hmm. a bit of better... Could have done with better production. Um, maybe, mm-hmm. obviously, a bit more bass as well. Could, could actually hear the bass. Um, but yeah, I think overall it is a good album.
3: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think uh, some of the best songs are on it. I think it's... Uh... But the bass and the production the lack of bass and the, the overproduction are big issues for me and i think if, if those had been sorted out i think it might be remembered as the best album
0: but it uh, read somewhere that the the bass was wasn't turned out. is that the other parts were turned up because the rears were shot after um the tour all well, the concerts they did so they maxed up all the other parts right? and drowned out the bass
3: I think that's a good reason for it. Yeah, I read that. Has it been playing too loud? At At least that's a good reason. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, the
2: the, the turning down of the bass was very much came from James Hetfield and and Lars Ulrich. So take from that what you will. Uh, For for, for me, uh, I've actually really, really enjoyed uh, revisiting this album because it's not one that I ever owned. Uh, It's the only one that I ever heard when visiting friends, Um, and I hadn't listened to it since the late 80s, so uh, just over the last month or so, I've really enjoyed listening to it and getting to know it really properly for the first time, and yeah, I think it's a really good album, really enjoyed it. I've uh, taken the plunge and and bought the double uh, vinyl (laughs) reissue of it, which ironically arrived just as we started the podcast tonight. And uh, courtesy of Amazon, uh, I will add that I did have to pay Amazon to get it. But if Amazon wants to send me free vinyl copies of all the albums that we do on these podcasts, then, <laughs> please feel free to do so. Um, so and yeah, no, no, the it's been a, well. a, a journey worth taking. Yeah, really worth... enjoyed it.
1: No, that's 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 great. Um... Thanks for coming in, guys. It's great, Hopefully, maybe get you back for another podcast, another one of our shows, one of the albums that we do. And our next podcast, next show, we're going to be focusing on Paul McCartney's Flaming Pie album from nineteen ninety-seven. Difference, Paul, from you can listen to all Paul our shows on all the major podcast providers, including Apple, Google, and Spotify. And please give us some five-star reviews and positive feedback. That would be much appreciated if that's what you think. And we're on YouTube. And if you could like and subscribe to our channel, check us out on Facebook and Instagram. You can leave us voicemail via Anchor. You can email us at trimthemusicfat at gmail.com or you can check out our website at www.trimmethemusicalfat.com. So until next time, thanks for listening.
2: Goodbye.